Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I am here with Pastor Todd. Good morning. So today, just the two of us, but we're excited to be back. We missed the last couple weeks, couple, uh, well, we had a snow day, a couple snowy Sundays, in fact, and uh, I had some family stuff last week as well, so just kind of taking care of that. Thankfully, you know, I mean, things are okay, but... Um, so your yeah, Pastor Jamal's not sitting in today, but we wanted to still kind of get it out there. Really excited to hit the record button. So, so here we go. Yeah, so here we are. Uh, but uh, so today's actually President's Day, but yesterday was Valentine's Day. Pastor Todd, do you normally uh, do you guys do anything special, or are you a little more low key? Our our intent was we were going to go Saturday night out to eat, <clears throat> and um, Daniel was going to be here for cake pops. Here at the church for cake pops, and Elizabeth had to work. Uh, but then what happened was uh, icy rain. <laughs> yeah, cake pops, pops got canceled, and so we decided, eh, the weather's not looking good. It's not worth us going out. And then, uh, and then it ended up being a bit of a hairy night anyway, because we had to go pick up Elizabeth from work like around nine o'clock, and that was hairy. So, oh, okay, so it's Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up postponing Saturday, and then, uh, and then Sunday. Uh, yeah, we just didn't really feel like it. Steph's dad was coming over for two, that. He he comes over um, about once a week, you know, um, for dinner. You know, now that he's alone, so um, so he was already coming over. So we didn't really replan. Um, so maybe tonight. I, I I don't know. It might be a couple. It might be a couple of weeks or whatever. Well, I mean, we'll get to doing something. But I, I think the I think the let down of like not doing it when we had planned is kind of like all right well i guess we'll do it some other time you know yeah so i mean valentine's day i don't feel like is is like a big push with us you know i know some people go way out we just did cards for each other um um we love each other all year round so we don't need one special day (laughs) (laughs) so whatever so but yeah so at some point we'll make that up but that was our Valentine's Day. What about yeah. you? Yeah, uh, ours was nice. I mean, we went out to Turning Point Saturday morning for brunch, which we like that place. I guess we went like maybe like six weeks ago. And I'm like, why has it been so long since we've been here? And she was like, COVID and stuff. But I'm like, yo, I don't want to wait like a year and a half again. <laughs> so I was like, when can we go? And then we were like, oh, Valentine's Day weekend. So that was nice. Uh, and I got... You know, it's always like, do you get sweet or savory? So I got like a nice hearty savory dish, but I got some red velvet pancakes on the side. And she can't have that because she can't have chocolate. Uh, so I got about a third of the way through and then uh, I took them home. So <laughs> I got to eat them still. <laughs> they were pretty massive. Breakfast next couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but that was fun. Yeah. We don't normally do anything crazy either. Yeah. Uh, or gifts. Like our dating anniversary was always in March the next month anyway. So now our wedding anniversary is in april but yeah so it, it was nice and then yesterday we actually went to my family's house after church my mom texted me she's like oh a few of us are getting together at my cousin's and i'm like okay well i guess we can go and then it turns out to be like thanksgiving 2.0 <laughs> like my <laughs> okay. whole family was there you're like had i known I'm i would have like, yeah I, well, I'm, I'm glad i went for this. because <laughs> i didn't know it was like a whole thing but it was just with everything with my uncle this last week, and I think everyone was just... My cousins are still here from Missouri. Okay. So I think it was kind of like, hey, we're getting together. Yeah, while well, everyone's still here. And whatever. everyone was there, yeah. 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 So it was it was nice being with 
everybody. Um, so yeah, that was our weekend. So that's what we were doing. Today's also President's Day, and I was going to get some facts, but you know what? We're not going to remember them anyway. Here's yeah. the only one. I'll share just this one. Uh, speak. Oh, speaking of presidents and elections, and was it was it fake? Was it stolen? Well, George Washington was the only president unanimously elected, meaning that all of the state's representatives voted for him. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Ever since then, it has not been unanimous. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> okay, I won't share any other ones. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it's it's they were there were presidents. I mean, there's a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They're, yeah, they're presidents. Yeah, I'm, I like had a bunch here. I'm like, uh, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. But okay, so yeah, it's uh actually it is, yeah. Speaking of presidents, you know, Pastor Jeff is doing the series through the Book of Kings. So a little bit different, but uh, still segue, segue. nation leaders there. Um and actually he, he's done three weeks already and we haven't had a chance to do a podcast on it. So you know, we won't hit every sermon or anything like that, but we can, you know, touch up on a couple of cool things that I found interesting, even yourself as well, Pastor Todd. Mm-hmm. But so um, the Book of Kings, yeah, it, the series is called Rekindling Our Hearts, a study through the Book of Kings. And he really has just talked about how important it is uh, at this time that we're rekindling our hearts, you know. And I feel like you read all throughout the Book of Kings, it's back and forth. People's hearts are far from God. Yeah. The first week he talked about how divided um, our country has been in the past, a lot of times before like spiritual awakenings. He talked about like the Civil War one that happened mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and people were so divided. And so I feel like that's kind of some of the parallel is like, well, so even in Kings where you see people's hearts are back and forth, you know, God is still trying to move um, in and through them. And so that's why it makes sense for us today. Yeah, uh, I really like a quote that he said in this. Uh, I'm trying to think if you were there. I know Pastor Jamal was, but he was talking behind the scenes, the idea of the series. And he said, um, like he said, basically, like we a lot of times in Kings, they recognize the idols, but they wouldn't take him down. You know, how many times did it say the high places didn't come down? Right. And he was like, that's I feel like that's where we are now. 2020, everyone would agree that idols were revealed in the church, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, politics is probably the biggest one. But we could probably come up with many others, comfort or convenience or whatever. Many of these idols were revealed, but. We're not taking them down. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I just feel like it's so on point. Like, yeah, and what's interesting is there were kings who took them down. And then there were other kings who refused to take them down and put them right back up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it really is, like, very human. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you look at kings, you see a lot of parallels to the human experience where sometimes we were like, oh, yeah, let's deal with this one. Oh, no, not that one, not that one. I like that one, you know? Yeah. Or, or okay, I recognized at one time that was bad, but I've since put it back up since then. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a reality, too, actually, even that you say that. I feel like sometimes you, God, God will put his finger on something in your life. You submit it to him. And then, you know, however much time goes by, you may realize it's back. And you feel a little silly because you're like, wait, I totally, like, I had a moment. Like, I gave this to the Lord. Like, he worked on me. Why do I have to do this again? And it's. Hey, yeah, like you said, that's the human experience. Like it actually just comes back sometimes. You have to submit it to God. Yeah, and and and, and to be honest, I mean, we, when we rely on some of those idols for so long, and then we get, we recognize what it is and work to get rid of it. Um, 
sometimes it's past ruts just it's easy to fall back into you know what i mean so it's it's um christian life is not easy it's a lot of work and it's a lot of sometimes like reminding ourselves of the things that we've said that we're going to deal with before god and uh, again all right i gotta do it again okay i gotta do it again you know so yeah yeah. I, I told Rebecca yesterday, I was like, you know what COVID has been for basically everybody? It's, <laughs> she goes, why did you use this analogy? I'm like, I don't know. But like, it's like a boot. Like COVID is like the boot <laughs> squeezing the jelly out of a jelly donut. <laughs> so I was like, it's revealing everything that's inside. She goes, what an analogy. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, like we, like it was I always do, in there. Do you step on a lot of donuts, man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I'm like, that's what it's doing. It's like squeezing it out. Yeah. It was always in there. Yeah. And yeah, yep. yeah, maybe we've been good at hiding it or or it was on the outside, but we put it inside. We dealt with it. But COVID has like pressed us. It's pressed the church. Everybody. Or maybe those things were always on the inside, but we had really good filters about what we let leak out. Yeah. You know, and then now with the pressure on, those filters can't keep up with it. You know? Yeah. 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 So anyway, this series is really timely and talking about rekindling our hearts. And I know it's been tough with a couple snow Sundays, but I just feel like people are really flexible now <laughs> with everything. Thankfully, you know, just things keep getting thrown at us. So, um, <clears throat> but anyways, let, let's do, do a quick recap. The first week was kind of an intro week. Talked about Deuteronomy 30. Um, and again, talked about how America was divided in the past, but that means, you know, God, God moved in those times. He can do it again today. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about reading from Deuteronomy 30 that and throughout the book of Kings, the Lord will draw near to his people if they turn back and if they repent, but kind of under certain conditions, like you need to admit it and and those types of things. So in that sermon, he said uh, the Lord's requirements were to remember and to return. Mm -hmm. And then if they would do that, the Lord's response is he would bring restoration, renewal and rejoicing. Uh, And I thought that was really good. And so that was the intro week. And. So last week, which was a snow day, we came in and recorded, and it it, it went really well. But uh, he kind of talked about the story of Joash, who the Bible says he's a good king. You go through, and it will say if they were a good or evil king. So he's listed as a good king, but Pastor Jeff kind of played the angle of like, yeah, he was, like God set him up for success, and he did do some good stuff, but his heart still strayed from God. Um, and so the ones that he had, so he's, he's he kind of like a negative example for us. He had to follow the leader faith. Like he had no convictions. It was only because of the, uh, priest mm-hmm. that he did the right thing. Then once the priest died, he just stopped doing the right thing. Right. He neglected the strongholds. He surrendered what was sacred. I thought that was really good. Um, and then ignored the call to repentance and again, this is just another, I don't know if you want to comment on this or whatever, but I thought it was really good when he said, Oh, he wouldn't remove the high places. He goes, well, many of us don't have a high place. Like you're excusing yourself, but Mm -hmm. many of us have hidden places. And I was just like, oh man, that was really good. (laughs) Because you're like, yeah, I don't have a high place. I don't don't go worship an idol, but I thought that was a really good point. You know, actually that reminds me of um, even the beginning of John where it talks about like the people were in darkness, you know, and the light stepped into the world. And sometimes those hidden places are the things that we like to keep dark from people. You know, so maybe maybe in your own mind it's not an idol, but if there's things that were like, well, I don't want people to know this about me, then maybe that's your hidden place. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I I I thought it was good because it's like because I guess you can read the Book of Kings and feel a little divorced from it, like 
right. Oh, it's like the a, nation of Israel. Like I don't have poles put up in my yard. Yeah, and, Asherah poles or something. Yeah, like yeah, right, yeah. I don't do that. But uh, again, I think Pastor Jeff has made it like very clear about how th- the parallels for us today. Yeah. So, so all right, let's talk about this for a couple minutes. So, want to remind you if you're listening that you can send in a. Uh, question you can send in a recording if you want mm-hmm. but we kind of got a text in question yesterday so uh and pastor jeff actually did kind of answer it but let me just i'll go through the question and then if you want to comment on it pastor todd okay what do you want to say about it okay basically he pointed this out you know if you read second kings 18 uh, just going a little deeper here to what the text says and pastor jeff hit on it he's the 13th king of judah 25 years old reigned for 29 years okay his father was Ahaz, who was evil. Pastor Jeff brought that up. So if you backtrack a little and you read about Ahaz, Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king. He reigned 16 years, which means he was 36 when he died. So there's kind of some mathematical, chronological inconsistencies or difficulties, rather. Um, so if you go by just the hard, cold math, that means Ahaz, uh, yeah, Hezekiah started at 25. Ahaz would have been 10 or 11 when he became the father, which is like, doesn't really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, but, so the first thing that comes to mind is at 10 or 11, ha- uh, I mean, we talk about how like 12 and 13 is young for puberty today. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that right there is the first thing that pops into my mind like there 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 has to be an ex- like something's going on here that maybe we're not seeing everything cuz at 10 or 11, I don't know if it has would have the ability to father a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of problematic if you just go by the cold numbers that's kind of what i guess you know it spells out so there's and then i'll get to the second part of the question in a minute so there's a few ways to answer it you know pastor jeff had sent a response i had read another one but i don't know if you want to what what you want to say about it like no i I mean i think the chart that you you pulled up and showed me here i think is a good explanation to it i think it I, i think what's hard too is we read through some some of the books especially some of the old testament books and when you're trying to piece together especially here where it's a chronicle of all the kings you're trying to piece it all together like it really gets confusing sometimes but wait who was the son of who and what was the connection here and how did they do that so yeah uh my mom used to do in her devotions when she got to king she used to like literally sit there and like chart it out okay this king was this age and then he had this son and then the next time she came right in the ne- next chapter, she's like, okay, wait, he was, oh, wait, he was Israel. He was Judah. He was, you know, yes. there's a lot going on. It like on. switches, like it'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And it, and then it talks about, well, in the, in the reign of this guy in Judah, this guy in Israel. And it's like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. So, so, yeah, it is confusing. It is confusing. So. That's a good idea. I think next time I read it, I should do that. I should like just write it out and you can make a, like a note too, like was evil or or he did this thing or something yeah she did that because it was just it's a lot of information to try to process and keep straight especially the further you get and the more it's building on kings that had like so-and-so was the son of so-so was the son of so-so and now he's king and it's kind of like wait a minute did i read about him oh (laughs) you know it's just there was a lot it was how she had to do it to keep it straight because there's so much going on yeah yeah i so a couple years back i was like i don't know if i've ever like really read through kings so i did and i actually was like i don't know what uh, i feel like it was a god thing because i was like so into it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was like whoa this book is so cool 
but like since then i've tried i've gone to reread it a few times and, and it's it hasn't been the same experience i've been a little lost like i start strong and then i'm like Ugh. so that i really like that <laughs> idea <laughs> but yeah so pastor jeff you know he had um texted back as well and the one answer he had come uh he had said a possible answer was that Ahaz, Hezekiah's father, who was evil, by the way, um, he co-reigned with his father, Jotham, for, um, but yeah, he co-reigned with his father, Jotham, I think it says for 16 years. So that's one of the ways you do it. And I also read that actually could be the other way around that Hezekiah, he was young when he became king and he co-reigned with his father, Ahaz, for 14 years, and then he reigned alone for 18 um, so those are two different ways they could have either one of them could have co-reigned. I came across mm-hmm. a chart that you can't see if you're listening, but it actually suggests that they basically all kind of had times where they were co-regents or co-reigned and that makes much more sense of the numbers. Mm-hmm. So Ahaz co-reigned with his father and then he had some of his own rule. Hezekiah co-reigned for a period of time. And so, yeah, there are, there are these, uh, chronological, like I said, I guess difficulties you can say, but there are ways to understand them. So I think that was a really good question and a good point. If you're a little eagle eyed as you're reading, you'll you'll kind of notice that. So, but there are answers to them. Yeah. And then the other thing that this person also brought up too was, and actually I brought this up to Pastor Jeff when he was saying like how evil Ahaz was, and you know they sacrificed their children and stuff like, which is just so dark. Um all of a sudden Hezekiah just did what was right. And I, w- I asked him the same thing. I was like, what accounts for that? Like if he was so evil, how, how does he just know what to do? How, how does he, how, how did he do what was right? And this person kind of asked a similar question. So, um, you know, they brought up, this is a good point. Like if you read his mother was the daughter of Zechariah, it's not the person who wrote the book of Zechariah um, in the Bible but that this person may have been a priest or uh, a prominent leader. And that so, and, and actually, uh, where's, wait, I got to find where Pastor Jeff's answer is. I'm getting lost with all these details now, a lot of names here. <laughs> where is it? He's the son of Jehoiada the priest who had an influence on Joash. Joash had Zechariah killed. So that tells you as Joash was no longer listening to the Lord, he had Zechariah, a righteous man, killed. Um, we get that in Second Chronicles 24. So, yes. Zechariah could have his his daughter could have been positively influenced and passed that to Hezekiah and Pastor Jeff he felt that um another answer is just simply that um the negative influence of Ahaz Hezekiah's father just drove him in the other direction right which can be true sometimes too like in our own experience I think yeah and I think the other thing too is you got to remember whether they were true to the culture or not but the Jewish culture was all set up to teach the Jewish people, to teach Israel who the true God was. I mean, everything they did pointed to that. So even if his dad wasn't a great influence, there still would have been some of the influences of the of the traditions, the celebrations that would have pointed him to that could have influenced him as well. Yeah. And like we know that there's lots of times that our kids or we as kids would look at our parents and I, I think just going along right where you said and being and been like, mm, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> like yeah. they did it, you know, or, 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 you know, kids do have their own minds. You know, sometimes we think they just do what their parents do, but sometimes we don't give kids, teenagers enough credit that they really do make their own 
decisions and yes. choices. You know, they're influenced, definitely influenced, but yet there's still, you come a point where like you start making your own decisions and choices and mm-hmm. uh, that may be separate from the decision choices your parents made. So I, I, I think all those things could be in play here. You yeah. Know? That's a really great point that that's, it was part of their, uh, like culture as well. Their, their their way of life, everything they did, you know, is was pointing them towards God. Even the fact that, like we had talked earlier about, like bar misfits and wherever, where you become a man at age like thirteen. Yeah, like all of those things are woven into to point towards um the law and faith and God. And so he would have had an influence there from that definitely. And then. Did his mom play a part in that? You know, a yeah. lot of lot of different things. Yeah, which uh, I would say too. Even some of the Jewish people that I know, their kids that are in school, it, it actually is like I mean, they study the Torah, they like mm-hmm. they study the law, and so like that's you're definitely right. And um, I guess also too, like yeah, you, you said you can make. We we need to give kids and teenagers more credit that they make their own decisions and there's also you could i guess say like the nature nurture conversation a little bit sometimes it's a little bit in somebody like they kind of like getting into trouble a little more (laughs) than someone else or this person they're a rule follower they just they're just not the sort of person who wants to break away like sometimes that's a little more we're built a certain way a little bit too yep Yep. personalities and and just the influence of even the Holy Spirit in here. You yeah. know, you can't you can't sell that short either. You know? Yeah. Which is what Pastor Jeff said. It, you know, that Ahaz, his father, sacrificed his own children, some of his own children. So he goes which is disgusting. I mean, again, it's kind of something that we don't the fully of, appreciate. The amount of trauma thinking about like, oh well, dad sacrificed my brother. Am I next? Am I you yeah. know, like there's a lot like and so he, that. he points that out, that it's also the grace of God that Hezekiah is alive and he does do what's right in the eyes of the Lord, like God's hand of protection is on his life. Yeah. And so you're absolutely right. It's God at work as well in his life. So I think that was a great question. Uh, so, again, hey, if you're listening, yo, you got comments, questions, you want to send them in to us, you know, if we can talk about some more we want to talk about stuff that makes sense mm-hmm. and where people are at. So uh so let's go here a little bit. You know, the his three points were what Hezekiah did, he did what was right, so he turned around, he held fast to the Lord and he trusted in the Lord and um I really like his points and obviously coming right from the text. So this is a great point and if you want to Pastor Todd, you can give us some context if you want as well. Okay. Um it says that in the beginning of his reign, like it says that he broke the bronze serpent that Moses made. And yeah. so you want to tell us what that is real quick or why that's important? Yeah. So at one point, the Israelites um, rebelled against God. Surprise, surprise. When they were in the wilderness, um, that seems to be a theme, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a theme, it's our theme too. Sometimes, you right, know, right, so, 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 yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to point my fingers at them because we're we're them, you know, but uh, they had rebelled against God. And so God had sent snakes, poisonous snakes to bite them. And and as the Israelites were getting bit and and getting sick, um, God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to build to make this bronze serpent and put it up on a up on a pole. And as the people are getting bit, they can come to the pole, look at the bronze serpent and be healed. Yeah. And so um, 
it was this miracle where and 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 really there's like a a pointing in this like like sometimes people are like oh the old testament like like the new testament's all about jesus the old testament's all about other stuff all about the law but actually a lot of stuff in the old testament points to jesus yeah and here's a perfect example of the serpent being lifted up on on a pole that if they look to they find healing yes and that's kind of like this image foreshadowing pointing towards jesus being lifted up on the cross and when we look to him you know we have spiritual healing too so so yeah so but this is interesting because i i i don't ever remember reading about the bronze serpent beyond that story beyond that story yeah you know so the fact that it comes up here is real interesting and and it's like oh so that's what happened to that yeah you know what i mean so yeah it's like crazy yeah 700 years later pastor jeff said is how long it was yeah that is crazy he broke into pieces the bronze serpent Moses had made for in those days the sons of Israel burned incense to it. You just you just get a sense of like the darkness or how deceived they had allowed themselves to be or, or misplaced their worship is, you know. And 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 maybe that's a good way to say it misplaced because here's this thing that was ultimately meant to point us to Jesus that now has taken the place of Jesus. Yes. You know, like it was supposed to point these guys to the coming blessing of God through the son of Jesus redemption and all that. And they totally missed the point of it that yeah. it was not the end. It wasn't, it, it was just a, 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 a finger <laughs> yes. pointing, you know? Uh, and we do that. We do that a lot too with things like things that were meant to be good things, blessings from God, things to point us towards our need and dependency on God and we look at it and we say, this thing is really, really good. It now is like the focus of my attention. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, this thing was really, really good. Thank God the giver of that thing. He, you yes. know what I mean? Um, so as much as we like to be like, oh, those Israelites, they should have gotten it. Like we are the Israelites a lot of times yeah. when yeah. it comes to the way we do stuff. We're not that different. Yeah. And, you know, you and I even have talked a little bit like about this too. Like, mm-hmm just about you know experiences and healings and a lot of times we will make it like uh we'll talk like well you need more faith that's why it didn't happen or what what great faith it was you know because this happened you were healed or you 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 felt god Mm -hmm. but like i don't know if that's always the case like you know sometimes it may actually take more faith when you don't have that experience when you have to walk through you know, it it may take more faith to walk through than it it does to have faith in just one moment. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I think what you're the point you're trying to make here is that sometimes we can make faith an idol. Oh yes, yeah. And 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 you know, like here's a thing that is given to us by God to help us, uh, and then we make it the end means. Right. You know, like faith is faith is the thing that brings us healing. No, it's actually God. It's <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's Jesus. It's God. It's 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 faith is just. Like sometimes we take faith and make it a mystical thing. Yeah. And and really faith is like I like to use the word that's easier for me to wrap my brain around. It's trust. Yes. You know, it's trust and trust has to be put in something or someone. So yes. it's faith is trust in God. It's not Ambiguous. some mystical thing on its own. Yeah. You know, on its own. So so yeah, like sometimes we're like, well, if I just have enough faith, if you know, and instead of reaching out towards God, we're reaching out towards faith in place of God. 
And there's a lot of things that we can do that with, not just faith. Yeah. We can do it with people. You know, sometimes it's our pastors. Sometimes it's our leaders, our teachers, our spouses mm-hmm. that and our kids that we, we elevate them to a place that they're not really designed to be in. Yeah. You know, uh, I actually just had a similar conversation uh, about a couple of articles, whatever, that somebody had posted in a group chat and I had put on there. Um, basically, like it's along this lines that some of these things that are blessings that are supposed to point us to God make really good blessings. They don't make really good gods. Yes, that's a great way to put it. The serpent was supposed to be a blessing that healed the people to bring them to a place of knowing God was with them. But they elevated that serpent to a place of being God. And it actually pulled them away from the true God, you know? So, um, yeah, Yeah. I I think we do that a lot. I don't think we mean to do that. I just think when we're not paying close attention, our hearts have a a natural tendency to wander to the creation as opposed to the creator type thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And right, it's natural, but right, those are supposed to build our faith in God. Like you said, Mm -hmm. it's our trust. And so if, you know, you had an experience, you, you look at the bronze serpent and God healed you, that means next time you're sick, you have faith in God because whether he heals you instantly through a bronze serpent or not, you 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 know, because of the bronze serpent, because of that experience that God is the one that can do it versus right. uh, Well, okay. Obviously I'm not doing something wrong because I looked at the bronze serpent didn't happen again. And again, it's easy to look at this, but I've had conversations with people who have even said that to me. Like I've I've been healed in the past. I'm wondering why it hasn't happened again yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that was my response to them is like, well, that's amazing. You've been, you've experienced that. You you've known God in a in an incredible way, so now you that should strengthen you to walk through. That's hard. I don't mean like oh no problem. Right, but right, I right. mean that not, that's not how to, you take that. Right, not to um, take away or minimize mm, it. Minimize. That's the word. That's not what I'm. Tr- no, that's yeah. not what I was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, but the idea of like like our when God does miraculous things when He heals. Those things point us to him caring about us, mm-hmm. points to him being concerned with our needs. And so if that's who God is, then when, as we're going through stuff and we're not healed, well, then we still have to trust that God doesn't change. He's still a God who cares about us. He's still a God who who loves us. And so uh, uh, you're right what you said earlier. It takes a lot more faith to walk through a difficulty than for that difficulty just to be taken away. Mm-hmm. Because once we're walking through that difficulty, we learn who God is in a way that we don't when when we don't have to wrestle with stuff. Yeah. You know, God God is the father uh was he uh father of lights. All good all all gifts come down from the father of lights in heaven. Yes. Is that's a verse. Like like but if we don't ever need a gift from God how do we know that he gives good gifts? You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. if if we never learn to depend upon him as we're walking through hard times, how do we know that he walks with us? Yeah. You know, so um, it does take a lot of faith through that. And and I think the natural thing is that I'm kind of getting off on tangent here. Sorry, but I think the, 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 the reality, I, I think throughout scripture, miracles do take place, but they are like momentary special things and not always, 
the way that God deals with everybody. Because the book of faith, the Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, yep. all those guys had to walk through some hard stuff. And yet we'd still say that they were the heroes of faith. So They're the heroes of faith. But wow, that's a great point. They had to walk through hard stuff. Yeah. And, you went, and they're listed as the examples of faith. So yeah. you don't say, well, if they had more faith, they wouldn't have had to. Like, no, that that's what it looks like. That's a great point. So, yeah, also, uh, just something funny. I, I don't know if you remember you said this, but we were talking about the bronze serpent, and you were like, man, like, kudos to Moses, too, for making something that lasted so long. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I do remember saying that in the office when we were originally talking about the sermon, and I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, listen, we, we're happy if something lasts five years now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we're like, woo American made, you know, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, so, yeah, man, I mean, he made that well. He made that well. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I want to talk about this for a minute because it makes sense with this conversation. And, you know, if you've been following it, it probably has been messing with you a little bit. You know, he, Pastor Jeff again says, are there religious experiences that we've made into idols? He also says, well, are there sometimes there are leaders, faith leaders or mm-hmm. healers. And so one really big one right now that's on a lot of people's lips is Robbie Zacharias, who, in case you don't know him, he was, uh, he passed away last year, 2020. He was a Christian apologist, I guess you would say, uh, with an international ministry, mm-hmm. greatly revered and loved. They say, especially with all this coming out, it, he had like a Billy Graham kind of persona and mm-hmm. innocence. Um, and I mean, I love his material. I've read, I guess, some of his books and we used a little bit of it for young adults. I mean, so he, he's just had such a huge influence. So, you know, a bunch of stuff has come out, some sex scandals and abuse um, and it's been really tough. And I'm bringing it up because, again, I think it's a perfect example of this. And I honestly, personally, am wrestling with it. It's hard because, like, I know the answer is, oh, well, your faith is in God. But I'm just saying, like, I've also followed him for a while. I I lived, uh, <laughs> I tuned in to live stream his funeral service. Like, mm-hmm. I was available, and I was like, this is such a big deal. I can't, they're live streaming it. This is great. And then you learn all this. It's crazy. So, I don't know. We were talking about it a little bit earlier, but, you know. Yeah, I I think it's hard. I think it's really hard because there is a sense of feeling like maybe like betrayal in there. Like, yeah. you said you were one thing, but you were another. Um, I don't want to stand in judgment of him. I think and I, that's not necessarily a cop out. Uh, I think what he did was wrong. Right. Was wrong. Yes, it was an abuse of his position. Like uh, some of the way that he used spiritual things to manipulate people, uh, to do inappropriate things with him. Yeah, like there's there's no excuse for that. But isn't the point of sin that within us we all have the potential for fall? Yeah, and that's the thing that like, uh, like I I don't want to minimize what he did, but. Sometimes we have a saying in, 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 in Christianity that we say when it's convenient and we forget it other times, but there by the grace of God, you know, yeah. that, that, that could have been any one of us had we, had we, you know, made different choices and had different influences in our lives. So like within us, we all have the sim- sinful nature, but on the other side of that um some ways i feel sorry that 
there weren't people who loved him enough to speak into his life and say, you, you shouldn't be doing this. You can't be doing that. Um, yeah. You know, like, what do you, like, what are you doing? What, what, like, and, and, hey, if you're one of the people who are struggling with stuff that you feel like you have to keep secret, man, it's not worth it. It's not it's, worth it's it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I, I, there's always so much, it's always so much more grace. Like I find myself, this is what I'm trying to say. I find myself always having so much more grace when people are like, yeah, I'm struggling with this and I need help. Yeah. As opposed to keeping things secret and then stuff comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, whether it's speaking to a trusted confidant, you know, going to a counselor, speaking to a counselor, um, we don't want we don't want something in our lives to become a controlling thing mm-hmm. and um and unfortunately that's what happened with with him you know stuff that he didn't deal with for years it just built up into a a lifestyle stuff that didn't need to be that way you know if he had maybe felt like and I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know the man personally, so I don't know what he felt like. You know, maybe he justified in ways that whatever. But but I know I don't want to be him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so, like, when we need help, we need to humble ourselves and look for help before it becomes a problem that spills out on those around us. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's the truth. Yeah. And... <laughs> I, I didn't have something thought of. I'm just like listening to you. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, and I'm struggling through it too because I'm honestly, I'm, I'm. The reason why I'm struggling through it is because, is because it's easy to jump on a bandwagon and throw people under the bus. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we're like, hey, I don't struggle with that. He does. I can't believe that he would yeah, do that's that. That's messed up. Yeah. Right. Um. But I also know pastors are not perfect people. Yeah. We're we're people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I also know that we also have a different level of accountability because of the fact that we're in posi- positions of leadership. And all those things are playing out. And, and the reality is we're all in need of Christ. Um, the reality is a lot of times we're blind to some things about ourselves. And this is an example where I don't want to go off on a tangent, but this is an example of where I think one of the problems with Christian celebrity that's true of any type of celebrity is as you become more of a celebrity, people are more interested in keeping you happy and not speaking truth to you. Mm. And if somebody had spoken truth to him, maybe he would have rejected it. Maybe not. But I hope I have enough people who care about me that they wouldn't just let it go because makes me happy yeah do, 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 you, do you know what i'm saying like i don't know I, I i feel heavy about this because it's it's a man who failed i don't take great delight in that and i don't take great delight in the fact that he failed and and it has consequences that pour out on other people I, I don't take delight in the fact that he got caught not saying that i hope it happened in secret but i guess my thing is like like people's lives were hurt people's yeah. lives were hurt he was involved in spiritual abuse. He was involved involved in sexual abuse, and um, if that doesn't break your heart, and if you can just come up with excuses for that, I, I think you're missing God's heart. You know. Yeah, and I, I guess um, <clears throat> I guess the other thing that just makes it like so hard is 
there was no repentance because this all came out after his death. Mm-hmm. That uh, So no repentance to us who are now wrestling with it and hearing this. And like you said, you can't lose the fact that people were hurt by this. But I think you're really hitting it like, if not for the grace of God, there go I. And I need to, um, we need to acknowledge that this is wrong and horrible. But I need to just be careful that I'm not pointing the finger and not looking at myself and I told Rebecca when I first read about this, because like there's been a couple Christians, you know, that I follow, like pastors, whoever, who have like kind of fell from grace. And I know, of course, we can probably list a million over the years. And like I was like, I guess what I'm saying is for me as an American Christian pastor who like this is like my vocation, my career. Yeah, like being successful, being well-known, being at conferences, starting an international ministry, those are all, like, levels of success, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, in my mind, like, well, if I wrote a book, if I wrote 10 books, if I had an international ministry, if I traveled the world speaking, I would all count those as, like, next levels of success. That'd be one day pretty cool to reach. God's blessing me. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, dude, like, if this is, like, you know, there's just been enough of these guys now that, like, Man, stuff comes out after that. I'm like, you know, maybe I just don't need any of that. <laughs> and that's not what true success is. But like in my mind, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's successful, you know. And and to but. be honest, things are different. Uh, things are different now than they were years ago. Where, like, when something happens, instantly the world knows. Yeah. Yes. So it's like even yeah. more so. Like it intensifies. Um, and even more so, we idolize people. Because we yes. can watch him on the internet, we can watch YouTube, we can buy his books, we can buy his CDs, we can buy his videos. We can chase after him at, I won't say concerts, I don't know what the right, speaking engagements. That's, yeah, that's yeah, where, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think wasn't, he was at Ocean Grove a couple years ago, I think, wasn't oh, he? Oh, I think you told me that. Yeah. yeah, I think he was at Ocean Grove a couple years ago. And, and, and so there's all these things. And so that all intensifies it, that when somebody fails like now it's out there for everybody yeah you know and it's and again you're right like he doesn't even have a chance to i I know this sounds harsh but sometimes like it's a blessing when this stuff gets found out while you're still alive in your lifetime right like like that's another sign of god's goodness when this stuff gets revealed i I think that's what's also just been so tough about it is you find out after and you're never going to hear from him ever again now on this where how heartbreaking it would have been during his life or if he admitted it on his deathbed, like you just, it just would land different. Um, instead of it being this secret thing that he took even to his death. Yeah. And, and there is no chance of, of redemption in that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's not saved. That's between him and God, but I mean, there's no chance of him having a, this thing transformed yes you know and him being um restored or reconciled you know yeah yeah so you know the the, his family and the organization is trying to make it right now and i guess that's the difference you know maybe if he had repented it wouldn't spell out the way it is but that's those are the next steps they're taking they're really shrinking as an organization i think the one in the uk i think they're going to continue to exist but they're going to like change their names and um their systems or accountability and stuff. But um, because there's some really high quality people 
you know, in these involved in the organization right, that had nothing to do with what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. but it's now because it's come out in this manner. You mm-hmm. know, you, everything you feels to, a little tainted. Yeah. yeah. So you know, anyway, just a real conversation, a real example that's current. Actually, I just read it the other day, but um, of of you know w- what we're talking about and putting things on idols and people on idols mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody made the comment he was a father, a spiritual father figure, and and that's so it's okay to hold him to a standard. Um, like yes, definitely, but we still know that at the end of the day, yeah, our hope is in Jesus, and He's the one we follow. You know, and I guess that's one of the lessons we learn for this as people. You know, He's got His own stuff, whatever. But for us as people, as speakers, pastors. Yeah, they're important. God's given them to us, but our hope is not in a person. Yeah, our hope is not in a person, and and our 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 hearts need to not belong to a pick a particular leader. Uh, that sounds bad when I say it that way, but I don't I don't mean like you know be against particular people. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is. We just have to guard our hearts that we don't start looking at human beings and putting them up on a pedestal that when they fall, it crushes us and it crushes others. Jesus should be the one sitting on the throne of our heart and yes. not others. Yeah. You know? So that's a great segue into the other question I wanted to ask. Um, <coughs> so <laughs> uh, we'll skip down to this bottom one, basically, because I think it's an example of what you said. We can tell ourselves... Uh, Jesus is on the throne of our hearts, but you know we've seen how people have responded in this election and politically. And it's funny because some people feel, to me, it seems like, I, I guess, what do you think? God can't move through a different person. Like, there's only one way God can move. You've identified it, and I'm not <laughs> saying don't take responsibility and vote or pray or or any of those things. Right. But you know, but God do what He want to do, no matter who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think he, you know, the Bible still says to pray for your leaders. Yeah, yeah. And even any of your justifications, I was talking about, <laughs> I don't want to get into it. I was talking to my cousin <laughs> last night about it, and he's like, well, you don't know. It, it should have worked out a different way. I'm like, well, it, but, okay, you still have to pray for the guy. <laughs> like, right. You know, but anyway, I, I, want, I just wanted to and, ask you. And let's be honest. Whether you like Biden or not, if he fails, America fails. Well, okay, right. That's so. it. Come on. How does nobody get that? Dude, well, and when Trump was first elected, that's yeah. that was the other thing. People were like, wow. Blah, blah. I'm like, well, do you really want him to fail? Because his success is our success. <laughs> right. And guess what? It's still true for President Biden now. <laughs> if he fails, we're all in trouble. I don't want the guy to fail. Right. Okay. But, uh, okay, so slightly <laughs> kind of fun, that. but kind of serious, though, yeah, too. Yeah. You know, Pastor Jeff said this, and he said this was in his mind, which, why he said this. In Hezekiah's story, he trusted the Lord, he repented, and um, uh, it was Isaiah, right? was the prophet who prophesied. Wait, mm. let me see. Wait, it's right here. Or not Isaiah, was it? Who was it? Sorry, I got my Bible open. I thought it would be really quick. Yeah, yeah, it's Isaiah. I think it may be the Isaiah. It is. It is the Isaiah who wrote the book of Isaiah. So anyway, sorry. Okay, the point is Isaiah prophesied. You know, that God would uh, remove the Syrian army, and, and he did. And Pastor Jeff brought that up. And so Pastor Jeff made this comment, and he said this was in his mind. You know a prophet is of God when they when what they say comes true. And so, like, he let it sit there. But, uh, like, I'm having a little fun, but also being a little serious. 
you know, in Christian world, in Christian circles, we had heard many prophecies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trump is going to still be the one. He's still going to be reelected. So, look, I'm not trying to be any sort of way. I'm just gonna, I'm just being honest that people said it. People shared it. People sent it to me. Yep. Here we are. We're on the other side of it. I don't care if you think it was fraud or not. The point is, he's not the president anymore. What do we do about that? How are we supposed to understand? I mean, I think Pastor Jeff kind of said it, but but what are your thoughts, Pastor Todd? What do you got to say? I think in the hot seat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be careful because <laughs> I'm trying not to stir up anything. It's gonna it's gonna be but recorded going and to. reposted somewhere. Yeah, yeah. it's going to stir up something. So I'll I'll be I'll be <laughs> I'll be frank. Okay. I'll be frank because it's it's gonna stir up no matter what I say. So um so the test of any prophet is if the prophecy happens. And I know sometimes we there we can follow people that were like oh yeah he gives prophecies and when it doesn't happen we have a lot of like ways to explain or justify that it didn't happen but scripture is pretty clear that if they speak on behalf of god and it doesn't happen they were wrong <laughs> you know what i mean like like you're on dangerous ground if you speak on behalf of god and that stuff doesn't come to pass. Yeah. Because then you just put words in God's mouth. Like, it's not like, let me give a prophecy, but let me also give, like, conditions about when it will take place or not take place based upon whether or not you have enough faith or stuff like that. It's like, yeah, either it's the word of the God, the word of the Lord, or it's not. Yeah, and I mean, there are in Scripture conditional right, right. prophecies. Right. And that's or, not or necessarily what commands, I mean. But I mean, like, sometimes but, we but find a yes. way to justify yes. Like, oh, they didn't have enough faith. Oh, well, they disobeyed, and that's why it didn't happen. Yeah. But actually, I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear in Scripture that when we see prophecies given, that if it didn't happen, God's not happy with those things. Yeah, and here, here here's an example to illustrate what you just said that we probably could all laugh about a little bit more easily. If you remember Harold Camping, 2012, End of the World, Jesus yeah. is Returning. Yep. I was in college for that. He predicted Jesus was coming back in May. It didn't happen. Now, I had my friends at Old Navy. I was working there at the time asking me about it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I remember this stuff, too. I yeah. could comment a lot on this, you know, because I, 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 I feel like his followers did really believe it was true, so they sold their homes. I mean, they. so mm -hmm. there's some credit to be given to them because if you really think Jesus is coming back, they took it seriously. But anyway, obviously, we know that, that you know, Jesus says not even the sun knows the time of the hour. So it didn't happen, and what he said was, oh, well, that's because the first one is a spiritual one. I got it wrong. But don't worry, in October, we're going to really be raptured. And then it didn't happen in October, and uh, he then he said, I don't really know what to do about that. But uh, what I'm saying, so we can laugh about that one a little more easily. Right. It's a great right. example of what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, well, it didn't really happen because it was spiritual. you know. Mm -hmm. And you can do the same thing with this one. Well, Trump, he's... Spiritually speaking, he's still like the leader, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that, that's what yeah. we needed to understand. Like, you can justify it. Can yeah. I actually saw one prophecy that was like, well, we know, we know that God's prophets, you know, God's prophecies come true. So even though it's now after the confirmation of Biden as president, Trump's still going to be president. Stop it. Just stop. And I don't know how it's going to happen. But it's still gonna happen, and and maybe maybe there'll be two presidents. And I'm like, no, like what are you talking about? Like, 
First Again, of where's all, your hope? Like God, God can't. There's only one person that and, God can move through. And I think that is really key there. Yeah. Like, is our hope in one particular party or one particular person? And this goes for, I think, across the board of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Like, our hope isn't in a person; it's in God. Yes. And so, if it really, truly is in God, if we get something wrong, we can say, "Okay, I was wrong," yeah. <laughs> because. That's not a reflection on God. It's not a reflection on my faith. Uh, I mean, unless you're outright sinfully wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, but you know, my point is like, it's, I don't know what my point is. My point is, it, it, it is like, you don't have to, if something's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm <laughs> that's trying it. to say. Yeah. Like, I, I don't and again, know. it's it's revealed like Pastor Jeff said in the beginning. It's revealed a lot of our idols. Yeah, this can be one of them, and let it just be a reminder of where our hope needs to be, and a reminder that God moves in many ways. And I wrote this down while Trump was president, and it applies now. You know, I for for people who disagreed or didn't like Trump, you know, okay, that's fine. What's your biblical response to him? How are you supposed to respond to Donald Trump as a Christian? Right? Because you think he some some Christians felt he was disgusting. Other Christians worship him. Well, what's your biblical response to him? And now, it's I guess still what's your biblical response to him? You're not going to secretly worship him, but then also uh, President Biden. Yeah. Even if you think, you know, I'm not. I don't think this. But even if you think, oh, it was fraud or something. It okay. What's your biblical response now? Yeah, that's yeah. the question. What's yeah. your biblical response? And again, the the Bible says to pray for our leaders. And I said this before the election too. You, if if you agree with the leadership in our country right now, or a couple months ago, or wherever you land, what's really cool is you get to show the the world what it's like to be a Christian when you agree with the leadership. And if you currently disagree, or you did disagree, or whatever, mm-hmm. you also get to show the world what it's like to be a Christian yeah. when you disagree with the leadership. Yeah. And so, just show the world what it's like to be a Christian. That's what it is. Yeah, and I, I want to throw one more thing back in there and the idea of prophecy and when it doesn't happen that I think is important. If you're following a prophet and they've given prophecy and they're still standing by things that have not come to be, you know, like Trump being president, I highly encourage you to reconsider trusting them as a prophet. Yeah. And I say that because... Because I don't want you to be deceived or tricked or prophecy, uh, biblically speaking, uh, like false prophets were to be stoned. I am not suggesting stoning. Please don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. But I am suggesting if scripture took it that serious, then then we should take it serious when people speak on the name of the Lord and those things don't come to be. Reconsider your trust in that person as a prophet. That's great that you say that. And it reminded me that I wanted to also kind of go here for a second, which could help give us categories for this. This is how I think. Okay. Um, And I'm a little bit like that categories and a little more black and white, but it kind of helps me. 
you know, I wanted to ask, you know, well, what do we believe about prophets and prophecy anyway? Like, where are we supposed to put those things? You know, we talk, we throw these words around, but I, I, like I said, I have like rules in my mind. So like supposed to stay in certain lanes. So I want to say this, okay. Prophecy. Um, I remember just, you know, in college and whatever. Okay. Prophecy is for the edification of the church, the gift of prophecy. When we, t- we talk about the new Testament, we talk about prophecy. Prophecy is not, always not usually even future predicting even in scripture about a third of prophecy that you read about is predicting the future in the old testament Mm -hmm. and again in the new testament it's for the edification for the building up it's for the encouragement so prophecy is speaking on behalf of god Mm -hmm. which is why it's so serious Yep. yep but it's meant to encourage right and so even saying well trump you know this or that that's a little bit less fitting that description but that's really the function of prophecy in a church setting today in the new testament the other side is okay what about a prophet and again i'm thinking like we're going to label somebody a prophet because they have prophesied and it has come true well we in the assemblies of god and i i just i'm just going to say this because i find it helpful yeah Yeah. you know we they have like a position paper you can read it if you want ag.org go to it um our position paper on apostles and prophets and we do we don't use those terms and not that we don't believe in i think the way they distinguish it is the office of apostle or prophet i've always said this like our superintendent Mm -hmm. of new jersey is kind of like an apostle it's the office of the apostle he's like a pastor to the pastors they're talking about church planting and different things but we don't actually call him apostle and there's just some reasons for that and so prophet as well you see uh you know, the the Old Testament will identify people as prophets, but when people say they're a prophet or other people are referring to them, oh, that person's a prophet, I just feel like a little queasy. And I'm like, yeah. again, look, I know not every denomination draws a line like that, but I kind of like that we do. And because yeah. I feel like nine times out of ten when, when somebody's, oh, this person's a prophet, I'm like, like why? Like, why, why is that who you are? Why is that, like, your thing? Right. Like, right. like everyone's a prophet like if you're a christian you should be a prophet because you're speaking on behalf of god like you're an ambassador for christ like i mean the holy spirit led you to a moment one time to say something to somebody you're a prophet too so that's so i feel like that's part of why we actually don't use that word in an official sense so i don't know if that helps or if that makes sense or you want to comment on that but that is like where my mind works yeah and 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 I, I'm, I'm with you on that and i i think what we have to be careful of is there are uh churches and organizations that this is different from what you were just talking about you were talking about we have been given a message from god to speak to others towards salvation but there are churches who are like everyone has the gift of prophecy okay sorry i don't see, I see that's somebody why I, no, here. I just sorry. want to clarify <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean because there are churches and denominations that say that and they say you you just start talking stuff and if you're wrong it's okay because you're learning how to be a prophet. Right. Yeah, and, and that gets a similar conversation. Those things are not necessarily what scripture meant when it talks about the gift of prophecy. Yes. And that's not necessarily what you meant when you just said everyone's a prophet. Sorry. I, well, I was no. being facetious, no, I, I guess. No, I know. Actually, but, uh, but yes, but I just want to clarify because it is I confusing mean. to some people and there are right now Definitely denominations that are well known. I don't know if it would be denomination. Definitely churches that are well known um, that really teach people to do that. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And um, that I think is a misunderstanding of scripture and misunderstanding of 
the gift of prophecy. Yeah. So we ultimately, and I think this does tie back into the idea of idols and stuff like that, because ultimately, um, everything should be checked back against scripture and yes. God's word and not necessarily just people's That's, words. It says that right to test every spirit. Yeah. Yeah. We test it with the scripture and also, uh, Oh my gosh, I just lost my thought. Uh, from what you just said, testing, blah, blah. Oh, that prophet, the gift of prophecy and, and the, everything that we're talking about, even to go back to Ravi Zacharias, all this stuff, you know, these are vehicles for us to trust God prophecy is not the end of itself like you said how yes. faith is yes, not the end yes. of itself prophecy is a vehicle it's meant to encourage us mm-hmm. even if it is in a sense future predicting when when it is those instances well the point is that my heart turns back to god not yeah. that i find yeah. hope in what i think will happen and honestly <laughs> in most of those times where i where you see prophecy when it's telling the future it's never good <laughs> <laughs> it usually isn't good yeah you know and the whole point is like like these things are coming so brace yourself because these things are coming as a result of sin or as a result of this. And they're coming. Judgment is coming. So brace yourself and return your heart back to God. Yes. And that's yeah. always, that seems to always be the theme. Not, not let's celebrate, uh, let's celebrate this person one. or our side mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that's a good way. Let's not celebrate our side one. Let's not celebrate that we got what we wanted or whatever. It's, it's always like turn your hearts back to God and, yeah. and, and seek the true answer to yeah. life. Yeah. So <sighs> yeah, <coughs> a lot, a lot that we covered there, and we could. Yeah. Controversial week. <laughs> yeah, we we could even go talk more about it, but I think I think it's probably good to leave it there. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, yeah, some great stuff. Uh, I guess that's what's kind of fun. We we haven't done every week, but so we kind of had a lot that we could hit on too today. So. As we wrap up, Pastor Todd, you've been telling me a little bit. Heard you got your 3D printer. Yeah. So, 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 so. Where do I start? Um, oh, that's not a good. <laughs> it's a toy. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's, oh, I thought it was like, like it didn't work. I was out. about I'm to like, trust. I was about to justify why I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. So no, it's it's actually pretty exciting. I got it. I got a 3D printer. I've been eyeing them for a little bit, and and um, I have a little bit of a hobby. All right, I feel like a nerd. So I have a little bit of a hobby of enjoying playing some games with my friends. And it involves sometimes little miniatures. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to do instead of putting out money buying stuff was to be able to make my own. And so I've been like practicing what uh, I feel such like such a nerd, a geek or whatever, like like. <laughs> crafting some of the items that we need for the game right yeah and but there's certain things i can't i can't model a little person you know what i mean so i I broke down i bought a 3d printer which surprisingly is not a whole lot more than a regular printer for for certain models yeah so and um this came as a kit i put it all together uh you know so i got to tinker with it and i've i've started printing things and the funny thing is they give you a test print so I printed off this little this little puppy dog that's eh, a little bit bigger than a golf ball. Maybe like around the size of a golf ball. Okay. I get it. I print it off. I'm so excited. And I'm like running around the house. Look what I made. Look what I made. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm showing stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's nice. Elizabeth was excited with me. You okay, know, she was okay. excited with me. I showed it to Daniel and he's like, uh-huh. 
<laughs> I'm like, Come of on. all the people, of all the people, my own flesh and blood son. <laughs> blood of my blood or whatever, you know, bone of my whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, come on, nerd with me. <laughs> but he was just like, okay. So, but anyway, so it, it is kind of cool. I'm messing around with printing it. Um, uh, I bought a, a new spool of filament um, that came with it. So I used up the white sample that came with it. And I, uh, I'm printing with black. And I'm like, I shouldn't have gotten black because the, the machine is black. So as I'm sitting there watching it, and I'll be honest with you, I do sit there and watch it. Like <laughs> I know it takes three hours to print one thing, but I do sit there and just watch it do layer by layer by layer by layer. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's the novelty of it right now. And I'm like, I can't see what's going on because it's all black now. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, I wouldn't have thought. Oh. That. Yeah, well, I didn't think of it either. But now I'm like, I'm like, I need to get a bright color next time so I can watch it be made. You know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I totally just geeking out moment, and I'm I I I. I feel like a big nerd, but <laughs> well, that's that's okay. Because what I, I put for me is I and like kind of yeah, geek nerd geek world. I've been working on a personal project with my friend uh, about Lord of the Rings, and basically, and I think I've told you about it. Amazon Prime is doing a show. The movies take place during what's called the Third Age, so the mm-hmm. show is going to take place in the Second Age, mm-hmm. and it's a great era to do it because there's not a lot of info, or there's a lot of there's much a lot of room for them to do what they want. So I was researching this time period, like in the books and everything, and there was no like visual representation of it. So I had come up with this idea of like an infographic. So anyway, it's about it's been about a year and a half now, and it's kind it's not because it's like that much work. Like over the fall, like my friend and you I were kind of really a little bit here, a little bit yeah. there. Okay, but but it's been about a year and a half that uh i've worked on this and i uh, my friend decided to start helping me which is perfect because he's made it look so good but i'm what i'm saying is i'm almost done i I, we paid for some illustrations so i did like we were like a little financially invested but i really think it should be done by the end of february i actually thought it was going to be done this weekend okay but we talked yesterday and he he wants to move something around so i'm like okay but I came up with all of my final edits. Like, you know, you keep coming up with little things. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think this is it. I think, like, I think I'm done. Like, You're like, I need to be done. <laughs> we need, yeah, well, I, I, my goal was to drop it before a trailer releases. Like, if a trailer releases and it's not on the internet, I'm going to be like, dang it. Like, I really want yeah, it out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more and more, like, Lord of the Rings, like, YouTube channels are popping up and people are breaking down the second age. I'm like, it has to get out there. So, so, yeah. so, in my understanding, the second age stuff, he didn't. Like Token didn't actually write too many stories in there, but he did build out that world, though, right? Yes, that's probably the, a great way to put it. So there's lots of characters, and there's a lot of events that happen. So they're kind of like these anchor point events. Mm-hmm. But he didn't write out the stories, and there's hundreds of years of time between them all. Okay. So you really can. There's just a lot of room for storytelling and where they want to go with it. And I'm the sort of person that's like, hey, do whatever you want. Like I'm not like, well. They changed like one detail. Like, right, I, right, right, right. I don't right, care. Right, right. So take the material and make whatever you want. But there's a lot of room that even if you are like that, you can fill it in and not be touching yeah, something else. Not be touching. Yeah. If you still hit these points, you know. So, so Sauron. Yeah. Is he a part of the second age? He is. And okay. He is very involved. In the okay, beginning, he's not. Okay. But he is a key character as to why things unfold the way they do 
and the Rings of Power, which is in the prologue of right, the movies. Right. Which is the forged. whole point of the Lord of the Rings. The whole Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That that all that happens in the Second Age. That's when he makes the rings. Mm. He makes the One Ring. That all happens in the Second Age, and even the prologue at the very end, the last alliance of elves and men, and yeah, where yeah. Sauron is defeated. That's actually the very end of the Second Age. So a lot of people think the show will probably end there. Okay. But that's technically the Second Age as well. So. My goal with this infographic that really helped me as I was putting it together was my goal is that if you're at least familiar with the movies, this will be helpful to you. If you don't know anything about Lord of the Rings, I mean, you're going to be lost anyway. You're just so. going to be lost, yeah. yeah if you a lot. if you know the movies, that's my hope anyway. If you yeah. know the movies, you'll look at it and be like, it's still a lot of stuff you don't know, but you'll I tried to highlight things their relevance to the movies. So. Right. So I'm really excited. I'm really hoping it's done. But let's talk about nerdy. That sounds very. That sounds very cool. That sounds so. very cool. And I, I, I tend to like sci-fi more, but I love Lord of the Rings. I think yeah. that was the first series of books that I think my dad had got me, and I'm not even sure that he knew what it was when he gave it to me. Okay. You know, but I remember reading through them and loving them. In fact, I might even still have that. Oh, that wow. group of books at home somewhere. I'll have to look and see. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, but I I loved Lord of the Rings and then The Hobbit. Um, and I'm not one of the diehard people who's like, how come you did this in the movie? That's not right. You know, yeah, like you were yeah. talking about, I'm not like that. I just love the idea of the adventure of it and exactly. the excitement and, and how even like the smallest person yeah. is the one who makes the biggest impact yeah. on, on, you know, the Lord of the Rings universe, Middle Earth or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. This thing's sort of like... Fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, it's been nice. I was telling somebody else, I'm like, it's nice, like, also having something to work on that's like not church or something related. Mm -hmm. Not because I don't like that. I love that. My mind is basically always there. So it's like kind of nice to have something that's right. It, it gives there. you a break so that when you come back to important stuff, yeah, you're refreshed. You're fresh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's been fun. Plus, it's it's fun to imagine. <laughs> God gave us imagination. We can use them even as adults. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. It's been Pastor Matt and Pastor Todd. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.